It can be hard to see the challenges that people we work with every day are going through. I'm Holly Robinson-Pete. Join us on The Visibility Gap, a new podcast presented by Cigna Healthcare. Download it wherever you get your podcasts. The countdown has begun. This May, a thousand global leaders will gather in Doha for the Qatar Economic Forum powered by Bloomberg, held in conjunction with our official partners, the Qatar Ministry of Commerce and Industry and Media City Qatar and premier sponsor QNB. Join heads of state, influential ministers and leading CEOs to make new connections and gain unique insights. Learn more at QatarEconomicForum.com. Global Business News, 24 hours a day at Bloomberg.com, the Radio Plus mobile app. And on your radio, this is a Bloomberg Business Flash. From Bloomberg World Headquarters, I'm Charlie Pellet. We have got 13 minutes to go ahead of the close on a Monday. The Dow, the S&P, NASDAQ all rallying by 1% or more. The tenure down 14, 30 seconds at yield 1.74%. Gold up $3 the ounce to 127570 a gain there of two-tenths of 1%. And crude oil, 47.97 a barrel right now, up 3.8% on West Texas Intermediate. That is a gain of $1.75. So again, recapping, our rally underway for stocks. S&P up 20, a gain of 1%. Dow Industrials up 185, also up 1.1%. I'm Charlie Pellet, and that's a Bloomberg Business Flash. Charlie Pellet, thank you so very much. Now it's time for the ETF report, brought to you by Vanek Vectors ETFs. Expect more from your munis, target tax-exempt income by maturity and credit quality, all with low-cost ETFs. Visit vanek.com slash muni. Vanek, access the opportunities. Now, with the latest on ETFs, our own Catherine Cowdery. Last week was a tough one for retailers as disastrous reports from Macy's to Nordstrom sent shares tumbling. ETFs that focus on retail companies had varying results. Bloomberg intelligence analyst Eric Balchuna says it illustrates the importance of waiting. His example, the Spider S&P retail ETF ticker XRT. Keep in mind, this is equal weighted. So you're getting a lot of zip in here, small caps, mid caps. That destroyed it. XRT fell 4.6% last week. An ETF with a large allocation to retail shares declined less than other funds in the group. It's the PowerShares DWA Consumer Cyclicals Momentum Portfolio, ticker PEZ. The Momentum ETFs basically will look at price movement as a screening um, apparatus. So if the price uh, starts to go down relative to other stocks, it kicks it out. And a lot of times you'll see that technical, it's like technical analysis, you'll see the price movement go down a little before the big one. And so a lot of times you can save yourself, even though momentum sounds more volatile, I've seen it avoid some of the bigger downfalls with the big stocks. PEZ declined 1.1%. That's your Bloomberg ETF report. I'm Catherine Cowdery. You're listening to Taking Stock with Pim Fox and Kathleen Hayes on Bloomberg Radio. Scheduled for release tomorrow, consumer prices. What will that economic report, as well as manufacturing and industry also scheduled for tomorrow, what will that mean for your portfolio? Well, Brad McMillan is the Chief Investment Officer, Commonwealth Financial Network, helping to manage over $100 billion in assets. And he can be followed on Twitter at Brad McMillan CFA. And he joins us now. Brad, thanks very much for being with us. Uh, let's start off with the Consumer Price Report, the CPI that will be out tomorrow. Tell us what you expect and what this means for investors. We expect to see an increase in uh, in inflation 
at the headline level particularly, but also at the core level. We're going to see maybe a little bit of fireworks because you could see the headline number tick up, but it's not going to mean anything. The important number is the core number, and that should just be more of the same. More of the same, enough for the Federal Reserve to get excited about inflation. You know, we live in an era that's not like it was 30 years ago, 20 years ago, 10 years ago. Fed wants to see more inflation so it can help boost wages, put a little more lift under the economy sales. The Fed's in kind of a rock and a hard place, and you're absolutely right. The Fed wants to see inflation. The problem is even at the core, we're just ticking above the level where they want to see. So there's enough to justify an increase at some point, but not enough to light a fire under them yet. I don't think this is going to be enough to move them in June. Brad McMillan, uh, how about the industrial production data? What will that show? We're probably going to see a bit of a recovery. We're going to see... We're going to see utilities continue to do well. We're going to see manufacturing hopefully tick up. But, again, it's going to be a recovery. It's not going to be a jump ahead. So it will probably continue stabilization, but nothing to get excited about, nothing to drive Fed to move. Okay. So we've, we've talked about manufacturing and industrial production and, you know, the inflation numbers. Housing starts are also out tomorrow. The Bloomberg survey suggests that we will have some move up in new home construction. So connect the dots for us from some of these industry to some of the uh stocks you like, the sectors you like. And let's start with home builders since they're they're directly uh, involved in home construction. Certainly, you saw the you saw the home builders survey come in today. It was stable at a very positive level, but it didn't improve like people expected. And most of that decline actually came from the northeast where sentiment went down. Now, the problem is we've got a lot of supply issues here. We've got a lack of land. We've got a lack of labor to build these things. That's what's holding it back, and that's going to limit the improvement. But at the same time, that's going to make the recovery run longer because we're not going to be able to overbuild, and we're getting enough demand to help continue to drive consumer spending, which is key. All right, you talk about driving consumer spending. Is that going to help corporate profits? Didn't we just get through a really, well, a bad quarter? It was a bad quarter, but you have to look at everything that happened during the quarter. People were thinking the world was going to end. Well, guess what? It didn't. And consumer sentiment, consumer spending was depressed by that. But spring is here. You saw in the retail sales report last Friday, consumers are starting to spend. It's not that they couldn't spend. It's that they chose not to. And now they're opening up their wallets, which is excellent. Hey, is it possible, Brad, that uh – over the course of the year, we could find a bit of a sweet spot for stocks. If you're right, you seem you know, reasonably positive on the U.S. economy. Consumers will spend enough. They'll spend more. But is it also possible that they don't spend so much that the Federal Reserve feels in any hurry to raise interest rates? Would would Is that possible? And if that's what occurs, is that good for stocks because things have picked up, but the Fed isn't tightening more on policy? I think a Goldilocks scenario is not only possible, but becoming increasingly likely. We need consumers to start spending. That just, there are signs that that's exactly what they're doing. We need business to stabilize, and we're seeing signs of that in the energy sector and in capital investment. But we don't want them going nuts. Right now, the Fed is happy with where we, where we are, but they're not dying to raise rates. And I could see that continuing for the next quarter or two. You mentioned energy, and I'm just wondering – where do you think that the energy market is headed when we have filings for bankruptcy for companies such as Sandridge Energy and there's no let-up? 
Well, that's the thing. We've seen energy prices come up by about 70% off the floor. What does that mean? That means companies that were just trying to make it are now going to get a second lease on life. The ones that have been the worst, the ones that haven't been able to make it through, as you say, are going bankrupt. But that clears the, clears the deck for the ones that can continue. And actually, it lets capital, companies with capital pick up these assets for pennies on the dollar. And that's also going to help profits going forward. What do you like in technology? What do you dislike in technology? You can be, you know, are you are you interested in social media? Are you interested in some of the old line, uh, more blue chip dividend payers like Microsoft? It's funny to hear Microsoft described as a blue line, as a blue chip dividend payer, although, of course, it is. And that is exactly what I do like, because the real power of technology in what's still a fairly difficult business environment is to help companies cut costs. I think there's the opportunity. Social media, absolutely on a tear. But for sustainable business building, being able to help other companies cut costs is exactly where companies like Microsoft or Oracle are making their mark, and that's going to continue to be an opportunity going forward. But doesn't the idea of cutting your costs fly in the face of increasing your revenues? If you're trying to cut things to the bone, you're going to improve the bottom line. But I thought that the top line, the increase in revenue and sales, what, what is what is bedeviling most companies. You're right that revenue growth is a problem, and I would tie that into slow growth overall. But nonetheless, why can't you do both? That's the challenge, and that's actually where I think the opportunity is for companies in the market. We've had a difficult business environment. They've had to cut costs, and they're doing so. But at the same time, they're looking to be more efficient and to grow their top line. Top line growth has not been easy. But as the economy continues to expand and do so more quickly, we're going to see companies be able to do both, and that's going to help on the earnings side. So what about bonds? We have a bit a bit of a sell-off, enough of a sell-off to push the 10-year note yield up to 1.75. It had been 1.74, 1.73. Interesting, fabulous story, actually. On the terminal today, uh, the mixed view on Wall Street of where bond yields are heading. Standard Chartered is looking for a rally in the 10-year Treasury down to 1.6 in terms of yield. Uh, what do you see, and is there any play that you would recommend in fixed income right now? Right now, I think if you're looking at rates, it's largely driven by international news. You're looking at you're looking at Brexit. You're looking at Europe. You're looking at China. That's what's driving pricing on U.S. Treasuries rather than domestic factors. I don't think you see the Fed moving at all. You know, it's probably not in June. Maybe not until September. So I think that's what's going on. In terms of where to go, I think credit still remains attractive. We saw a real rally in high yield, and so, but there's still maybe some juice in the apple there. But I, I would still be in credit rather than in sovereign, simply because there is incremental return in RBO at Commonwealth. So you don't see a major slowdown. What about a major correction in the stock market? That's certainly possible, but if you look at what we saw earlier in the year, we saw a 15% pullback. A lot of the selling has been done. Where is the bad news that would force a correction in the near term? I just don't see it. All right. Brad McMillan, thank you so very much for joining us today. He's thank you. Chief Investment Officer for Commonwealth Financial Network. He sees uh, not too much move up in inflation, but a consumer that's going to keep spending and driving the economy forward. But not so much the Fed will move right away, maybe not until September. And that's a potential sweet spot 
for U.S. stock investors. I'm Kathleen Hayes, along with Pim Fox. Coming up, Dave Wilson, our stocks editor, Movers and Shakers on Bloomberg Radio. The countdown has begun. From May 14th to 16th, a thousand global leaders will gather in Doha for the Carter Economic Forum, powered by Bloomberg. Join heads of state, influential ministers and leading CEOs to make new connections, gain unique insights and uncover valuable opportunities in one of the world's most rapidly rising regions. Request your invite for this exclusive event at QatarEconomicForum.com.